This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Dog, the Nationals, I'm so proud of them. They Well, they took two out of three against the Phillies. I'm going to be real with you. The first game, the very first game against the Phillies was emotional. It was Bryce Harper coming back to D.C. for the first time. And he he ripped it. Like, he struck out twice against Scherzer. I was in the house for that. And I saw it, and I went crazy each time he struck out. Then I left early, and then when I got home, he started cooking. He had, like, two more hits. He got a hit before I left, but he got he had three hits that game. That was the first game of that series, and I think the Phillies won that series, and ever since then, the Nationals have been straight destroying the Phillies. They swept them in D.C. I believe they took two out of three in Philly. Yeah, they did. And then they took another two out of three in Philly. So <laughs> they are owning the Phillies after that game. And it shows on the standings because the Nationals are leading the wild card. And you know who they wild card opponent would be if they played today? The Brewers. I cannot stand the Brewers, man. Because my Wisconsin friend think they so good. They choked last year. They were lucky to get Christian Yelich. They were lucky that Christian Yelich got that much better. That became an MVP. They got lucky. They got lucky that Jeter blew up the team and gifted them Christian Yelich. I knew that was a steal because when he was with the Marlins, he was cooking us. He was cooking the Nationals. So I knew he was really good. And then the Brewers got him, and then he became a freaking beast. That's besides, besides the point. The Phillies and the Nationals, Yesterday, last night, was fire. Oh, my gosh. Um, the Nationals got down 3-0. I was worried about this game because I was like, we're going against Aaron Nola, and we're facing them We're facing them with Patrick Corbin. And we had just beat them 4-0 the night before. So I'm like, it's going to be very hard. To beat this team, I'm telling you, it's going to be very hard to beat them on a Saturday night. Almost sold out crowd because it's fireworks after the show. I was like, it's going to be very hard to beat them. And sure enough, man, Aaron Nola, he gives up a few hits, but he doesn't let anyone score. Uh, he's doing his thing. I think in the back of my mind, I was like, if we can survive Aaron Nola, we have a chance. <clears throat> And sure enough, 3-0, I think top of the six or six inning, they take Nola out. They take Nola out. They put in a pinch, pitch hitter, pinch hitter, of course. Then they start going through their bullpen. And I was like, oh, we in this. It's 3-0. And they got to rely on their bullpen now. I was like, their bullpen can't be that good. The NL East. Nobody has any good bullpens except the Braves. So I was very confident that we would make a comeback. I was like, we could just hold on and not give up any more runs. 
we can make a comeback because Reese Hoskins looked unstoppable. Um, Bryce Harper was striking out. I mean, he was 0 for 4. That made me very happy that he went 0 for 4. I was loving it. It was amazing. But Reese Hoskins and Real Muto were the sh- destroying the Nationals. They were destroying the Nationals. Those two, and then Mikel Franco. Like, those three, all series, just was giving the Nationals problems. And I think there's a, this guy who bats eighth in their rotation, the really fast guy, number 24. I forgot his name, just that fast. That guy got some serious speed, but he can't hit. <laughs> but even he tried to make it interesting at the end. But before I get to the end, um, I realized that the Nationals definitely had a chance because Rendon is definitely going to get his. Every game, he is definitely going to get a hit or two or more. And, you know, that's what he did. Patrick Corbin lasted until about the seventh inning, I believe. And credit to our relievers. They stuck in there. They hung in there. And, you know, Robles, Robles be killing the Phillies. So I was very confident in him. He was getting his, too. Well, he had some silly uh, base running error where he hit one in the gap, and he went all the way to third just to get picked off. That sucked. But other than that, he was, he was killing the Phillies, too. So... The Nationals get one around the 6th or 7th inning. Okay, cool. We leave some people on base. All right, cool. Then we get another one in about the 8th inning, I believe. We get another one then. Now it's 2-3. And once again, we're leaving people on base. Uh, Jan Gomes, Dozier, they weren't doing anything. Trey Turner had a horrible game. But... Soto, Robles, Rendon, and even Eaton had a hit. Those guys were keeping us in the game. Big time. Um, And I love what we had off the bench with Howie Kendrick um, and Big City, Matt Adams. Once I saw um, Howie Kendrick come off the bench, oh yeah. (laughs) I knew he was going to do something. And he sure he sure did, man. He he was clutch for us too. And so it was two three. It's two three going into the ninth. I was like, okay, we're at the top of our order now. These guys are done. I think we're gonna we're gonna get them now. We got them. And sure enough, okay, Trey Turner out. Of course, he's had a horrible game. Fine. Adam Eaton, out. That was kind of shocking because he wasn't doing that bad. Okay, now it's two outs. Anthony Rendon is up. I was like, yeah, we got this. There's no way they're getting this guy out. Not in this situation. As good as he's been all year, there's no way they're getting him out. And, you know, he battles, he battles like he's been doing all night. He's just battling, fouling pitches off, and then he lines one. Into the outfield. I'm like, yes, my man, Tony Anthony Rendon. Tony Two Bags. 
And then Juan Soto come up. I was like, yeah, we we definitely got him now. I was like, okay, our best player just went up. Now our second best player is up. This guy. This guy, okay. He battles for a little bit. Then he blasts one in the center field. I put my arms up. I was like, there it is. There it is. The Phillies fans, oh, my God. They were like, get out of here, man. They did not want to see me celebrate at all. They were getting annoyed because my team was coming back and I was and I was starting to talk shit. So I was starting to talk trash. So they did not want to hear that. They did not want to see me happy. And I was loving it. I was having so much fun with that comeback, man. I had never seen anything like that. Well, of course, I was there for 9 nothing for the 9 nothing comeback against the Marlins last year on July 5th. But, man, it's something different when you're on the road and it's a sellout crowd and you barely see any Nationals fans. Man, it's something else when it happens then. Oh, my God. That shit was crazy, man. That was crazy. And then, uh, of course... <laughs> Bottom of the lineup for the Phillies. Okay, they get Matt Adams out after Soto. Whatever. I thought Matt Adams was going to hit a home run. He he didn't. He didn't. I think he struck out. Whatever. That's fine. Now, oh, my God. Now the bottom of the lineup. I was like, okay, we got him. We, we definitely got him now. I don't know who came up first. But then it was Mikel Franco who has been giving us problems. No, Cesar Hernandez. He's out. Boom. Then it was Mikel Franco. No, no, no. It was Franco first. He didn't do... Okay. We found a way to stop him. Thank God. Because he's been giving us problems all season. We found a way to stop him. I don't know why he's in the bottom of the lineup. Well, okay. Maybe I do know why. But he's a sneaky bottom of the lineup guy. So we got him out. Then they put number 24 on, uh, not on base, but they put him up there. He gets on base. He got lucky. He wasn't supposed to be on base. It was a ground ball, and he had so much speed that he beat the throw by like a millisecond. Whatever. Then the pitcher is supposed to go up. Nero, who gave, Neris, who gave up the home run? No, you don't, you, you don't leave him in there in that situation. They put in some guy, number 15, Knapp, to pinch hit. He bats 159 or something. I was like, yeah, we got him. He's battling. He's battling. Then he hits one in the outfit. I was like, oh, no, please, no, please. My man Robles caught it. I was like, yes. Yeah. I was so happy, yo. And then I got up out of there. I was like, okay. Okay, sure, the Phillies fans were really nice, and they were dapping me up, but I had to get out of there. I was like, nah, bro, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm too happy. I'm hype. I'm hype. I don't feel like messing with y'all right now. I was too hype, man. They came through for me. I love it, man. Let's go Nats. Oh, my God. Um, I wonder if they can keep this going. It's going to be very hard. They're playing the Dodgers soon. They're playing. Well, they got the Orioles. If they don't beat the Orioles twice... What are they doing? But very soon, they got the Dodgers coming here. They got the Rockies coming here. Those are very tough teams. 
they're going to be very hard to beat. Um, it's not going to be easy. I think we got the Braves soon. They're leading our division. So I hope they keep this up because if they do, not only are they going to be in the wild card spot, they might win the damn division. So Braves fans, don't get too comfortable. You're only up six games. But, oh, and the fireworks were nice in Philly. And, of course, I got fat off cheesesteaks. And the girls were looking amazing. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. And it was good to see my sister as well. But, you know, enough about that game. That was so much fun. I'll never forget it. Uh, let's go, Nats. They lost today, but it's okay. It's okay. I, thanks for the memories. That's all I got to say. Okay. Back to the grind here, man. Uh... Good Lord, NBA free agency is so many moves. There's so many moves that I have pages and pages of moves from Stathead. You know, it's from, if you're familiar with probasketballreference.com, if you sign up, if you subscribe to their email, they'll send you like random stats and stuff, like daily or weekly, whatever. Or bi-weekly. Something like that. Man. They send me all these moves. I'm like, it's been... It's that many moves? Good lord. That many free agent signings? That many trades? Lord Jesus, man. Oh my god. You know what? Before I break down some of this stuff, man. I'ma just read what I... I'ma just read what I got here. I'ma just read what I got here. The Brooklyn Nets... And Kevin Durant have agreed to a four-year contract signing trade. Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving, four-year contract. Less than maximum salary. Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler, four years, $140 million. Celtics and Kimball Walker, four years, $100 million, $140 million. Warriors and D'Angelo Russell signing trade, four years, $117 million. Sixers and Al Horford, four years, $97 million. Pacers and Malcolm Brogdon, um, four years, $85 million sign and trade. And you talking about probably the third or fourth best player on the Bucks? Man, that's, that's what's up. I'm, we might be sleeping on that move, but it's all about Oladipo. I'll talk about that later. Um... The Jazz and Bojan Bogdanovic, four years, $73 million. Knicks and Julius Randle, three years, $63 million. Bulls and Thaddeus Young, three years, $41 million. The Nets and DeAndre Jordan, four years, $40 million. Um, Oh, they said it's not even all of it, but that was the main thing. That was the main thing. Okay, so... Sixers got Josh Richardson from the Heat. The Blazers got Whiteside from the Heat. The Heat got Myers Leonard from the Portland Trail Blazers. The the Clippers got Maurice Harkless from the Blazers. And a 2023 protected first-round pick from the Miami Heat. In the draft, writes to Matthias Lazort from the Sixers. I don't know who that guy is, but I guess I'll find out soon. The Timberwolves are receiving Sebastian Napier and Travion Graham from the Brooklyn Nets via 
the Golden State Warriors as part of the Kevin Durant D'Angelo Russell deal. The Bucks are receiving a first round pick and two future second round draft picks from the Pacers as part of the Mark Malcolm Brogdon deal. Man, this is crazy. Um, yo, that um Maurice Harkless deal with the Clippers, I, you know, that might be a problem. Well, at least what I saw on 2K is he's a serious mismatch against some athletic, tall athletic fours. Maurice Harkless is a serious mismatch. But hey, but hey, that's just 2K. I don't know how that's going to work in real life. But in 2K, uh, Harkless might be a defensive liability. But that's just me. I don't know. It's just 2K. But in real life, it might be different. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, uh, re-signings. The Warriors and Klay Thompson, five years, 189. Good Lord. He's not even playing this year. That's the funniest. That's the craziest part about it. Sixers and Tobias Harris, five years, 180 million. Bucks and Chris Middleton, five years, 178 million. Magic and Vucevic, four years, 100 million dollars. Kings and Harrison Barnes, this scratched a lot of heads. Um, four years, 85 million. Uh, I don't think anyone else is gonna pay him that money, so that was kind of smart, actually. Um, Mavericks and Seth Curry, four years, 32 million. Bulls and Thomas Sadoransky, three years, 30 million, sign and trade. I can't believe we let him go, but it's okay. We got IT and we got the guys in the G League, I guess. But I I wanted to keep him at least, especially without John Wall. Whatever. Whatever. Um, Knicks and Wayne Ellington. Two years, sixteen million. Knicks and Alfred Payton, two years, sixteen million. <laughs> Boston Celtics and NS Canner, two years, nine point eight million. Boy, that's a bargain compared to uh, Al Horford. Uh, I guess they're not even done yet. They showed the Mystics on top of the Eastern Conference, but um, what's the name's not healthy. Deladon's not healthy, so I. I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I'll talk about the Mystics later. Huh, I'm not even done. Here's more. <laughs> the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard agreed to a four-year, $142 million contract. The Lakers and Danny Green, two years, $30 million. Uh, Mavericks and DeLon Wright, three years, $29 million. Spurs and Marcus Morris, two years, $20 million. Lakers and KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, two years, sixteen million. Lakers and JaVel McGee, two years, eight point two million. Uh, Raptor, Raptors and Stanley Johns, Johnson from the Pistons, two years, seven point five million. Lakers and Quinn Cook, two years, six million. Uh, Lakers and Alex Caruso, two years, five point five million. Um. Lakers and Rajon Rondo, two-year, $5.5 million, uh, which is funny because uh, Rondo was making $9 million last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was making more. If I'm, He was making much more than what he got in this contract. But I guess his contract was up, and, well, 
the market for him probably wasn't that great, so we'll just come back to the Lakers. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins and the Lakers, one year, $3.5 million. He's getting paid more than Rondo, but that makes sense. So the big trade I talked about a few days ago, Paul George to the Clippers for uh, Shai, Gilgis, Alexander, Danilo, Gallinari, first-round picks in 21, unprotected. 2021, 2022, 2024, 2026, and uh, protected 2023 first-round draft pick in two pick swaps. <laughs> oh, that was a lot. Uh, the Thunder have agreed to trade Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets for a 2020 first-round draft pick. Yikes. Another late-round draft pick they got next year. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Uh, the Grizzlies will receive two round draft picks. I don't know how they got that for Jeremy Grant. Um, received two sec- second round draft picks from the Dallas Mavericks as part of the DeLon Wright deal. The Wizards have traded the White Howard to the Memphis Grizzlies for CJ Miles. Oh my God. Uh, wow. And I'm sure there's more. They didn't get the Derrick Rose to Detroit move. Which, that's pretty interesting. But we don't know what Derrick Rose we're going to get, honestly. I'm keeping it real. And the, the Isaiah Thomas with the Wizards thing. Uh, honestly, if he can play like he did in Boston, I think the Wizards will be fighting for one of those last playoff spots. If he plays like he did in Denver, or like he did in Cleveland, we're screwed. And he'll probably come off the bench. But we'll see. I could be wrong. I still think the Wizards are a lottery team. But anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? Any Anything can happen. C.J. Miles and Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith. Who knows what can happen? Uh, Thomas Bryant and... Uh, ah, man, what's that? Hachimura. All those guys, man, who knows what can happen. Anything can happen. You know, we lost Porter. We lost Jabari Parker, whatever. I don't know where Jabari Parker went, but it ain't with the Wizards. Jabari Parker's not a wizard. Porter's, Porter's is not a wizard. And the Knicks, huh, what kind of team they building, man? They got Portis. They got Randall. They got, they got R.J. Barrett. They got Peyton. They got Wayne Ellington. Uh, I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't think that team's going to win many games. I could be wrong. Oh, and they got Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. They, I don't think they're going to win many games. We'll see. I could be wrong, but I don't think... I, I can't see it. And, you know, Mitchell Robinson is pretty much a first-round pick. But, you know. You know, we'll see. We will see. Uh, The Nets are... About a year away. They're going to be, at best, a second-round exit with Kyrie uh, leading the charge and no Kevin Durant. It's pretty much the Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan show. Well, I just hope that defensively they're better and they, they make up for the loss of Kevin Durant on the offensive end with their defense. But I don't know. That's a tough one. That's very... That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do anything, man. Uh, the Thunder, 
they're pretty much rebuilding. They just they acquired all these picks. I don't think they're gonna buy out Chris Paul because the price is too steep. They're gonna trade him. They still haven't traded him because it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to move this guy. If y'all don't move this guy, where is he gonna fit on this team? I'm just wondering. I you know I could be wrong. I mean we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the Lakers are building kind of a squad. I mean they got Rondo. They got Cook coming off the bench. They got JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, uh, Jared Dudley, Danny Green. Lord, gee, they got veterans on. They look like the 96 Bulls. No, not the 96 Bulls. The 98 Bulls. They look like the 98 Bulls. All them veterans on that team, man. Ain't no. The youngest people on this team is Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook. And Kyle Kuzma. Everyone else has been in the league, man, at least, at least five years. Probably more. So that's that's an interesting team to watch. Um, I already talked about the Clippers. Uh, the Jazz, I think the Jazz have a really good chance of winning it all. because, Or at least getting to the finals. I mean, check this lineup. You got Mike Conley. Who got Bojan Bogdanovic, who I really wanted on the Lakers. Um, you got Joe Ingles. You got Donovan Mitchell. You got Gobert. Man, this team. What? What? This team is loaded. This team. This team is loaded, bro. Are you serious right now? Okay, Ed Davis is all right. I mean, he's a cheaper option to Derek Favors. But I don't think that's going to work because, but, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Denver's still going to be good. They got Jeremy Grant. I guess that adds depth, but I don't know. They'll be in the conversation. But the Jazz, oh, my God. The Jazz are legit. And they're definitely a threat to the Lakers. I mean, they're definitely a threat to the Lakers and the Clippers. I think they'll beat both of them or one. Um. I think so. Well, we just got to see how these teams fit. We got to see how they're coached and all that stuff. You know, it's just, it's not a slam dunk. The Heat are making moves. I don't see them doing anything still, but they're in the East, so they'll definitely be in the playoffs. That's a fact. The Sixers, I don't know how that Al Horford, uh, Joel Embiid, I guess... Joel B is going to miss some games. Al Horford will step in. Or you can play them together, and they can space the floor. They can post up. Hey. Or, you know what I'm saying, or, or Al Horford would be a great six-man. You know, the Boston Celtics might still be in play. I mean, they got Marcus Smart. They got Jason Tatum. They got Kimball Walker. They got uh, Gordon Hayward. If Gordon Hayward... Is anything like he was in Utah? If he ever gets back to that, they'll they're back in the conversation. I already kind of talked about the Pacers, Victor Oladipo, and uh, Malcolm Brogdon. They might got a squad too, but I, I they they missing something. If they were able to keep Bogdanovich, but they would have been all right probably. They still got Miles Turner, who's pretty good. So that that team is um I think they'll be all right. The Warriors 
this system's good, but I think they're going to take a step back for sure. Uh, you don't have KD. You don't have Clay. Like, you're going to take a step back. But they're still going to win a ton of They're still going to win a bunch of games. For sure. Anyway, I'm going to take another break. And then I'll get to this um, close out on free agency. And then maybe talk about a little bit about Big Brother. But not too much. All right. Um, I just realized, I just realized that Jabari Parker went to the Hawks. Uh, that's another thing. I really like the Hawks. I hated the Hawks, honestly, before they got Trey Young. And then I'm like, okay, I actually like them now. They got Trey Young, and I've been invested in Trey Young ever since I've seen him play in high school. I saw a kid play in high school. I was like, this is the best high school play I've ever seen in my life. I don't care what he does after this. I just thank him for just being so good for what I saw. Because I was like, he scored 38 on this playoff team, on this team in the playoffs. In high school, I was like, this guy's amazing. But he's on the Hawks now. He grew up. He's on the Hawks. And I like what they're building. They got Kevin Hurter, who's Clay Thompson type. They just traded away Amari Spellman, but that's fine. They got John Collins. Now they got Jabari Parker. If he can get healthy, they might have something. I still think they're a year away. I, I still think they're a year away. But they got a good core. They got a good nucleus. I like what they're building. And some of these teams in the East are going to get old. And that's when Atlanta is going to start really taking over Chicago too y'all see that Atlanta Chicago game where they went like four overtime yeah expect those two teams to be the new beast of the east very soon probably give it a few years I think those two are going to be the ones they're going to be the new Milwaukee and Philly Milwaukee and Philly are going to get old then Atlanta and Chicago they're eventually going to add pieces add assets and then eventually, it's going to be Trey Young versus uh, marketing. I said marketing. Marketing. And I um, can't think of his name right now. I feel like I should know his name right now. But he's number eight. I'm sure it'll come to me later. But... He's on the Timberwolves. He won the dunk contest. See, I should know his name right off the bat. But that guy. They got him. And they got Kobe White. It's going to be bull. I am telling you right now, in about four or five years, it's going to be Hawks versus Bulls in the conference finals for a few years. Y'all think I'm playing. Y'all think I'm playing. All these teams that are ahead of them are going to get old, and people are going to get traded, and they're going to fall apart. The Hawks and the Bulls are building the right way, and I'm telling you, it's going to be those two teams in the conference finals in a few years. You think I'm playing. I'm not playing. I kind of just skimmed through uh, NBA free agency. Oh, the Pistons will be okay, but I don't think they're really going to do that much. I mean, a big three of Blake Griffin, Derrick Rose, and Andre Drummond. Can they stay healthy? And 
that big three would have been nice like 10 years ago. But now it's like, eh. No, we'll see. They made an AFC without Derrick Rose. So, <laughs> we'll see what they can do, man. And they got um, the Raptors' old coach coaching them. So, you know, they might be all right. Uh, I'm going to conclude the show talking a little bit about Big Brother because that's my show. And y'all sleeping on it. But... <laughs> I see there's a giant eight-person alliance. It's kind of... These guys aren't cheap. Like, they starting to realize... Like, they're starting to realize that there are alliances. They know where the lines are draws, and they want to do stuff about it. See, in some other seasons, they, they don't put the pieces together, and then one side just completely wipes out the other side of the house. And I'm just like, you guys are idiots. And then... Two or three people out of that big alliance ends up eating the rest of the people in the house that were in their big alliance. And it's just nonsense. With this house, I think, honestly, people are starting to catch on stuff. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how good a game players Jack and Jackson are. Because if not, people will going to be coming after them full force. They're competition beasts. They built that eight-person alliance. They won't come after them. Oh, and by the way, the girls on the show, I don't know where they find these girls, but they always find. They always look great. Jessica's a plus-size model, and I love plus-size models. And she is another fine-looking plus-size model. Oh, my God. Bad. Kimmy. Oh, my God. I think she's the only black girl on the show. Bad. Body is banging. Lips is juicy. Bad. Her early friend, now enemy, Bella. Badass. A bad, bad, bad Asian chick. Uh, Annalise is cute. They just... All, all them girls are cute. Alright. This it's, it's... Come on. It's, it's Big Brother. They pluck these girls out of nowhere. And, uh, they recruit these chicks, man. But don't uh it is what it is, man. Just just watch the dang show. It's a lot of drama. I love the strategy. But I guess I think of it with a sports mindset and sometimes that gets me in trouble because I don't understand certain things that happen and I get mad and you know, I have to put it in perspective that, you know, big brother is not sports. That is not logical that way. There are still emotions and that is why, <laughs> that is why, you know, some people won that shouldn't have won. But, you know, and, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Oh, and uh, Proctor and Gamble, I guess they do secret deodorant. Uh, they just offered 529k to the U.S. women's soccer team for the, the equal pay thing. Man, what? Are these girls blessed or what? They got a whole, they got a lot of people behind them. You know, I'm kind of fickle with them. I've never been a fan of the competition they had. You know, I I, I kind of before thought they were a little arrogant, but they're not. You know, they're, they're blessed girls. They're good girls. You know what I'm saying? And they're fighting for something that's bigger than themselves. That's bigger than USA Soccer. 
You know what I'm saying? And I can't really hate on that. I can't really hate on that. I, I do wish them the best. Uh, I still think their competition sucks, and they're going to win another two World Cups. But that's the only thing I really have against them. But And that's not even their fault. That's the rest of the world's fault. They got to find a way to keep up with the Team USA Women's Soccer. I don't know if they have to start in the grassroots. I don't know if they have to put more money in. I think they start. they can start by putting more money in. But the rest of the world has to catch up to our women's team. So that's not the that's not the USA women's team fault at all. And you just have to deal with that. Anyway, I guess that's it for me tonight. Um, NBA free agency was crazy, and I didn't even really go into depth about everything. The Nationals are surging, and they look like a playoff team. But as soon as I say that, they end up, they start losing, and they fall back. I hope they aren't a 500 team like I originally assessed them at the beginning of the season. It's still looking like it, but I hope not. But, you know, I'm out. So I'm going to play the rest of my rotation on the radio show. But I guess for now, peace. See y'all next time. Easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.